This episode is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Introducing DirecTV Stream, the best of live TV and on demand, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. So whether you want to catch the game live or watch the latest blockbuster, they've got you covered. And there's no annual contract. DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together at directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet and compatible device. Content varies by package and location. Restrictions apply. Turn it up. Turn it up. This is another brand new episode of the Run It Up podcast. Run it up. We going in on everything sports, <laughs> pop culture, and everything in the world of hip-hop. Let's go. This is the Run It Up podcast with Najee Adams. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Run It Up podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network and Blue Wire Hustle. Almost forgot the intro again, but you know the vibes. We are back with another episode. It's just me solo this week, and I'm sorry for the little hiatus that I took. Uh, like, I don't know if you guys knew or not, but I just moved into my very first apartment. So, like, getting everything set up in there and, like, getting everything situated was kind of, like, my number one priority. Plus, Work just started getting a little hectic, but we back. We no excuses. Just just letting y'all know the vibes. You feel me? So we back, we back, we back today. We're talking about week two fantasy football. My son Justice was supposed to be on the pod with me, but uh, I had to record this pretty late at night because I was at my parents' house and all that, and like I didn't want to keep him up. You feel me? So you know, Justice goes to bed at six p.m. So you know, he's a good kid. You feel me? Uh, but we're recording this one by ourselves today, and uh, we're just gonna kind of get into some week two fantasy stuff. Hope you guys are tuned in, listening. Before we get into everything, make sure you leave a rating and review on the pod. You can find us on literally every place you find podcasts. Just leave on Spotify, download the pod, and on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and review. Share it with your family and friends if you want to follow me uh, on Twitter. It's at Najee Adams underscore, and the pod is at Run It Up Pod. Uh, we definitely gonna get into song of the week, but I do want to give you guys a heads up. Like, if you notice the cover art for the podcast change, don't be alarmed. I am getting new cover art. Like, I want. I reached out to Blue Wire, Blue Wire Hustle, and uh, before they kind of had us using all the same. Like, if you look at the Blue Wire Hustle pods, they're all kind of the same template or like format of cover art. But I reached out and uh, asked if I can get a more unique one, you know, to kind of stand out. And they said that was cool with them. So I'm currently having someone work on it for me. I hope you guys are excited. I'm super excited to see how. It turns out and um we'll, we'll see what we got cooking up in the lab you feel me but let's get to song of the week um so i have two songs of the week this week because my number one song of the week is a new york drill song and i oh i have done new york drill songs before but like this is like a real new york drill song you feel me and so like i know everyone's not gonna vibe with it so i have like a more mainstream song of the week but before we get into the mainstream one my song of the week something i have not been able to stop listening to is by someone he's an artist named b love it's b and then dash l-o-v-e-e uh and the song is called Niki, and the sample is egyptians holdia and so that that shit is fire so i'm gonna let y'all listen to it right now and then uh the sec so like like i said i hope y'all enjoyed that and uh the second one the more mainstream song is off of drake's clb certified lover boy you feel me 
if anyone's wondering, I like that tenfold better than Donda. Like, and, like, Donda just isn't my kind of album. You feel me? Like, I'm more of a mainstream. Like, when it comes to those kind of albums from such mainstream artists, like, I like the more regular vibey stuff. Like, and I, I rock with Kanye, you know, dedicating an album to his moms and, like, talking about Christ and all that. That's cool. But, like, when I turn on the music, I'm trying to hear some heat. And that I feel like Drake Certified Lover Boy gave me that more than Donda did. So my favorite song off of CLB is Love All featuring Jay-Z. And uh, you guys have all probably already heard this, but you're going to hear it again starting now. Never had a lot. This is all I need. People never care until it's all I pay. Niggas turn their back on me for no good reason. Loyalty is priceless and it's all I need. Can't burn a bridge just to light my way. Lot of 42 on the flights I'm taking. Pouring out my soul and it might sound crazy. Lot of falling outs help me build foundation. Never had a lot, this is all I need. People never care till it's RIP. Niggas turn their back on me for no good reason. And so, yeah, hope y'all enjoyed the songs of the week. You feel me? Oh, I just had to move the mic. So if y'all heard like a doodoo, that's why. But uh, we should be good now. Uh, That's the songs of the week. And uh, let's kind of get into some fantasy. So I am in three fantasy leagues this year. I know some people are in like 20. I can't do it. Like I can't devote all my, like I devote so much time to my main league that like I couldn't even imagine devoting that much time to four, five, six, seven leagues. You feel me? So my main league is a 12 team league. We do fab. uh, We have like it's super super uh intense like the commissioner writes power rankings every single week shout out to my boy spencer uh like eight of the 12 teams have team twitters and we like run our organization like a real nfl organization like if if you guys are ever getting bored with fantasy like that's one of my biggest recommendations to you kind of do stuff to spice it up like we were kind of getting bored with it and we started the whole team twitter thing and now everyone is so involved like everyone is on their twitter posting their transactions or trades or like posting like who's up on the trade block we started a discord channel like so there's always ways to spice up fantasy and that's that's why like it's just so incredible to me but that's my main league uh if y'all want to hear my team i actually had the eighth pick and then i traded for the 111 so i had the 108 and 111 and i think i traded the to my second round pick and my fourth round pick so i had the one the 108 the 111 the 308 and then the 508 on down and i had two sevens as well so my team ended up looking like aaron Rodgers, Najee harris saquon barkley keenan allen T. Higgins, Tyler Higby, uh, Jerry Judy, um, Michael, Michael, Mike Williams, and Jamal. What am I saying? I was about to say Jamal Adams, Mike Williams, and Jamal Williams, right? So that's not my team anymore. I ended up trading Mike Williams and Jamal Williams for Odell Beckham Jr. before the season started. And so. You might be looking at me like you're a damn fool, but like who I thought Odell was ready. Everything coming out of camp is like, oh my God, he looks the best he's looked since he's been on the Browns. He's been running routes at full speed for months. Come to find out the kid hasn't taken any contact since he got injured. He's missed week one and week two. So like, I don't, Mike Williams is out here looking like Calvin Johnson. Like, I don't understand what's happening, but, and also Jamal Williams is just a 1A, 1B back with DeAndre Swift. And we knew that, I kind of knew that would happen, but like, I was kind of, I wasn't hoping that it wouldn't be the case, but, like, I was kind of thinking that Odell would come back and low-key be, like, Stephon Diggs from last year in the fifth round, but it's whatever. Who knows? Odell still could come back and be nice, but my flexes were supposed to be Jerry Judy and Odell Beckham Jr., right? Turns out they're both currently on my IR because Jerry Judy, after coming out strong 
ended up, I think he has like a high ankle sprain. He's supposed to be out for like six weeks, eight weeks, something like that. So the, the majority of the season I'm going to spend without my flex one. And then Odell Beckham Jr. is still recovering from the ACL. So, you know, right now, this week, my flexes are Jalen Waddle. I'm honestly pretty happy about uh he scored in week one him and Tua already have a rapport from college and uh Will Fuller is missing this week two game against the Bills so we could have another Jalen Waddle good performance and uh I also spent the bag <laughs> spent so my league is 10 spots 10 uh, 10 bench spots deep so everyone you're reading in waiver wire articles are already owned so I spent the bag on the guys that could have that, that still might have value you feel me so I spent a good lot now I ain't going to disclose how much I spent because y'all gonna think i'm crazy but we have a 200 budget right so i spent a good little bit on tim patrick to start this week with jerry judy down and i spent a good little bit on larry roundtree just because eckler's injury prone and you know larry roundtree looked pretty pretty good and if he is that early down back or that run that that goal line back even though eckler got a goal line carry uh i think that's pretty valuable or even if he's just a handcuff i think he's pretty valuable handcuff to have um, so the, my, my bench currently looks like Terrace Marshall. I love him. I think he's going to be pretty good. Tony Pollard, you know, if Zeke goes down, you got an RB1. Tavin Coleman, I'm probably going to drop him because that Jets backfield is just useless. Joe Burrow is my backup QB. Gabriel Davis, Larry Roundtree, Cedric Wilson, KJ Osborne, Benny Snell, and uh, Matt Breida. Um, and then on my, I have four people on my IR because we have four IR spots. I'm using all four of them. Uh, it's currently Jerry Judy, Darrington Evans, Odo Beckham Jr. And Jeff Wilson Jr. That's a tip right, that I'm going to say right now. That 49ers backfield is a mess. Kyle Shanahan is a mess. Elijah Mitchell is not going to have the chokehold on that backfield. I promise you they're going to rotate guys in and out. So if Jeff Wilson's on your waiver wire and you don't have, and you have an IR spot to use and no one's injured on your team yet pick up Jeff Wilson because he should be back in November. He could carve out a nice little role in that 49ers running game. Now, if someone on your team does get injured, then obviously go ahead and drop Jeff Wilson. But it's a cool little precautionary thing that you can do just to, you know, maybe get a piece of that 49ers backfield since everyone went crazy for Elijah Mitchell this this uh this waiver wire period. So what we're going to do is kind of get into the buy low sell highs for this upcoming week. Now, obviously, one team has already played because I'm recording this Wednesday, right? Yeah, I'm recording this Thursday night. So the Giants and the football team have already played. So one of the buy lows is on the Giants. I think everyone can tell who it is. Um, also, if you heard my team, I had a very, very bad week one, considering I have Aaron Rodgers, Najee Harris, Saquon Barkley, you know, think Jerry Judy. Things did not go well for me. I ended up taking the L, but I have so much confidence in my team, bro. I swear that I can have one of the best teams in the league. And so to just kind of get into some of those buy lows, uh, number one, number one, Uno is uh, Saquon Barkley. Um, okay, so listen, I know everybody is so down on Taquan Barkley because that Giants O-line is trash. I've said this before. I'll say it again when talking about Najee Harris. O-lines are not as important as we think they are when it comes to running backs because they make something out of nothing every time. They are ramping Saquon back into being an every down back. Does he look 100% like himself? No. No, he doesn't. But that can be like that's to be expected. He's what 10, 11 months removed from from t- completely rupturing, like re, just destroying his entire knee. Like he has a completely reconstructed knee, and like 
I, I feel like he's 100% physically, like, I think his knee is good, knock on wood, thank, please don't let him get injured, I think his knee is good, but, like, I think his mental is not right, like, he doesn't fully trust it, and I think a little, like, that run that he had last night, that 41-yard run, goes a long way towards helping him be able to trust it, because, like, he now sees, like, all right, you know, I can make hard cuts. I can do what I need to do. And a lot of me watching him over these past two weeks has been him slipping or him not wanting to cut back right or cut back left too hard because he's afraid of what's going to happen to that knee. So I think as the season goes on, his mental will become even stronger and we'll see Saquon get back to Saquon Barkley. But even if we just look at snaps, in week one, he played 29 snaps and Devontae Booker played 24 of 61 total snaps, damn near an even split. In week two, on four days rest against one of the best defensive fronts in all of football, Barkley played 58 snaps compared to Devontae Booker's 10 out of 69 total. So in week one, he played about 47.5% of the snaps. And four days later, he played 81 point. He put actually scrapped that. He played 84.1% of the snaps. They basically doubled his usage on four days rest against the Washington football team with Chase Young and a whole bunch of killers on that defensive line. Now, they have a week three game coming up against the Atlanta Falcons, who gave up a total, like the Atlanta Falcons are the most deplorable team in the league when it comes to defense. They are horrible, and the offense don't look too good either, so they could be in for some rough days ahead. But regardless, Saquon has a matchup in week three against the Falcons. They gave up a total of 173 rushing yards and a touchdown on 5.6 yards per carry versus the Eagles last week to all their running backs, and now they have a week and a half's rest. I'm saying the Giants do. So I'm expecting a big, big, big week from Saquon out of week three. I think that buy low window is going to slam shut. So over this next week and a half, I think you need to be sending out offers to the Saquon Barkley owner. Not to mention, the, the Falcons also gave up 45 yards through the air to the Eagles running backs. And I know, does Saquon have a great rest of season strength to schedule? No, he doesn't. I'm going to keep it a stack with you. He does not. According to Fantasy Pro, Saquon Barkley, does he has a bottom five strength of schedule for all running backs. You know who else does, though? Aaron Jones and Christian McCaffrey. Is anyone selling them? No. Now, I get C-Mac is just unrivaled when it comes to fantasy football. He had 40 points in my league last week and didn't score a single touchdown. Off pure yardage, he had 40 points. That's crazy. And so, Aaron Jones, though, nobody's selling Aaron Jones. Nobody's selling C-Mac. I think Alvin Kamara has also a pretty bad strength to schedule rest of the season. Nobody's selling Kamara because you know why? Especially in the case of C-Mac and Kamara, they are every down backs. Every down backs are damn near matchup proof. And the hope is that Saquon Barkley goes back to being an every down back again. He gets the volume and he begins to look more and more like himself as the season goes on because then he's matchup proof. So in the end, I'm buying Saquon Barkley and that's not just because he's on my team. Even if he wasn't, I would be buying Saquon Barkley. I think after week three, you're gonna see a different Barkley. And when, once we get to October, week seven, week eight, in the stretch of the season, I think Saquon's gonna be back to being a top tier option at the running back position. Uh, the next guy that I'm buying low on, and I know everybody and their moms is buying low on this man, Brandon Ayuk. He's like the talk of the town. I will say Kyle Shanahan is an absolute madman. If you was, and, and I, I kind of feel bad for Brandon Ayuk. Like, 
I feel bad for the kid. The 49ers take him 25th overall in last year's draft above guys like T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, LaVishka Chennault, Chase Claypool. And now he's basically in the absolute doghouse with Shanahan. And you, he looks across the league and sees all those other guys in much better situations. LaVishka Chennault is getting all the hype he can out of Jaguars camp. And he was used pretty heavily in the run game and the passing game. He's a weapon for the Jags. You look at Michael Pittman. He's the Colts wide receiver one far and away. Look at T. Higgins. He's one. He's he. People projected him to be one of the biggest breakouts this season, playing alongside Jamar Chase and now getting Joe Burrow back. And then Chase Claypool. People are projecting him to have like a DK Metcalf sophomore year. So everyone loves those four guys. Whereas you look at Brandon Ayuk, and he's in this horrible, horrible situation. And report came out that Shanahan's having him run, like watch all the wide receivers run their drills and then just throw him out there last by himself. <laughs> Like, that's crazy. But honestly, that is kind of a good sign to me. That makes me feel like it's more of just a lesson than, like, him actually thinking that Brandon Ayuk isn't talented, you know? Because I've seen some people be like, is Kyle Shanahan just a shit talent evaluator? Like, you just drafted this guy in the first round last year, and now he's getting outsnapped by Trent Sherfield? Like, come on now. Trent Sherfield is the definition of just a guy. Whereas Brandon Ayuk literally has shown flashes of true superstar wide receiver one potential in this league um i think that shanahan's trying to make a point he doesn't actually think brandon Ayuk is, is, is worse than trent sherfield my only problem is shanahan isn't on the same timeline as fantasy owners right and so like fantasy owners we want brandon Ayuk to produce right away we need him to produce on a weekly basis every single week whereas kyle shanahan doesn't really need the 49ers Considering they're in the NFC West, the toughest division in football, they might need him to, to come along quicker than than I'm saying. But all in all, the 49ers are a good enough team to win most of their matchups, right? And so if Kyle Shanahan wants to play with play this like tough love game on Brandon Ayuk and kind of have Trent Sherfield outsnap him for the first half of the season, and then kind of make that make that point in the at the half season mark, and then let Brandon Ayuk run wild. For the second half of the season, that's good for them because as long as Brandon Ayuk is helping them win games when it matters, they don't care. But for fantasy owners, we need Ayuk to start killing ASAP. So that's my only hesit like that's my hesitation with him. I also think that Shanahan's playing a dangerous game when it comes to Ayuk's mental state. Obviously, I don't know the type of guy the, the type of person that Brandon Ayuk is. I would think that Kyle Shanahan does. And so you would know what their limits are. But in my head, I'm thinking like, you this Brandon Ayuk was a guy who went to Arizona State. He was killing. He was like the fifth or sixth, seventh wide receiver off the board in last year's draft. He's probably been the best wide receiver on his team for a very long time. And like you come into the summer, people are telling you you have a chance to be the greatest wide receiver on this 49ers team. Debo Samuel saying you look unguardable. And then all of a sudden, Kyle Shanahan just snaps your confidence. Like at some point, if you keep doing this with him, does he start to overthink things? Does he start to second guess himself? Does he start to think that maybe he's not as good as he always thought he was? And that's the risk you run with this tough love type of stuff. And we've seen it happen before, but I would think that if Shanahan is doing this, he knows the type, the, the type of guy that, that Brandon Ayuk is, and he knows how strong he is mentally. So I'm buying low on Brandon Ayuk. I'm not sending out anything crazy for him. The, the problem also is that I don't think people are selling low on Brandon Ayuk just yet. When a guy you draft in the fifth round drops a zero, you're not trading him. Like, like you, it's too much pride to trade him. So you're going to keep him and see what happens. But I would still shoot out a buy low offer from Brandon Ayuk because I don't know if he's going to live up to that wide top 24 wide receiver mark that we were drafting him at. And I still think that he can, but I'm just... 
I think that a lot of people are valuing him even lower than that. So if you can get him for a nice little package, I still think he has the potential to finish as a top 24 wide receiver. It's really that time of year, and your team might finally do it. Or if you're a Rams fan, you might just want to book the trip now. This year, Super Bowl 56 is in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium, February 13th. You can scour resellers to buy an overpriced ticket closer to the day, or you can lock in the Super Bowl experience of a lifetime now with our friends at On Location. True 50-yard line seats, only available with On Location. An invite to celebrate on the field with the champs. On location, yes, you want to craft a perfect confetti angel like I did? Go to the game with On Location. And it's not just about gameplay. From dinner with NFL legend Marcus Allen to pregame parties featuring acoustic sets for Wyclef, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is offering the most exclusive ticket packages available. Want to know how? Visit onlocationexp.com forward slash SP56 or search Super Bowl on location. That's right. Search Super Bowl on location. Make the trip of a lifetime. It's your shot. Take it. When your business is starting its championship run, nothing matters more than finding and hiring the best team. With Indeed, you have the power to build a dynasty by hiring more MVPs faster. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through March 31st. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applicants that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. No matter how the last game went, anytime you take the field, you got a shot at greatness. Give your team the best shot at winning by recruiting more MVPs with Indeed. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But uh, it might be tougher than we thought it was at first. Uh, another buy low that I've got this week is Mr. Michael Evans himself. The literal definition of boom or bust. Even with weeks that he puts up a fat goose. Uh, here are his finishes over the last five years, starting with 2020 and going back. So 2020, he finishes the eighth wide receiver overall. 2019 finishes the eighth wide receiver overall. 2018, guess what? He finishes the sixth wide receiver overall. 2017, he finished as the 20th wide receiver overall, which was a horrible season from Jameis. And he still got over a thousand yards and five touchdowns. And then in what, 2016, he finished as the number one overall wide receiver, which means he's finished as a top eight guy in four of the last five years. And yet every year, it seems that his ADP continues to drop. I don't get it. I'm peep. I kind of compare Mike Evans and Amari Cooper as people that, like, fantasy players just love to hate on. Like, they just love to hate on Amari Cooper, even though he's very nice. They love to hate on Mike Evans, even though he continuously proves he's a wide receiver one when it comes to fantasy, when it comes to the NFL. Um, yes, A.B. and Godwin got all the spotlight in week one 
all the spotlight in week one. But uh, Mike Evans played 61 snaps, second to only Chris Godwin. He only outsnapped him by like three snaps and much more than the 42 that Antonio Brown got. He was the odd man out in this game, but his time will come. I'm telling you, last year when all three wide receivers were healthy, he commanded a 22% target share. This week was a typical Mike Evans game. Uh, he drops zero in the first season, the first game of the season, and then this upcoming week they play the deplorable, the horrible Atlanta Falcons secondary. So he'll probably drop 200 yards and three TDs in true Evans fashion. Get him in your lineups if you can get him before this Sunday. I would very much, very much advise on doing that because he's gonna blow up against the Atlanta Falcons, and uh, the buy low window is gonna slam shot until the next time he drops a zero point game. So you know you could wait till then too. Uh, honorable mentions Zeke obviously buying low on Zeke I like the situation he's gonna be a god like he's gonna be a top 10 running back like regardless he's gonna be a top 10 back they're playing the toughest defensive front in all of football in the first game of the season and that kept checking in and out of runs just so they could light up the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers you know Zeke's gonna be fine uh and then Aaron Rodgers he's coming off MVP season I'm not worried about AA Ron at all he's going to destroy the Lions this week and uh we're gonna talk about that later now, when it comes to some sell-high guys, oh, man, a lot of guys went off this week that, like, every RB, I tweeted this out, every RB dead zone guy went off. Like, Melvin Gordon absolutely gets a 70-yard touchdown. Josh Jacobs gets two touchdowns. Like, come relax. Like, let's relax here. First guy I'm selling high on, Mark Ingram. He got the second most carries in all of the NFL this week, to only second to only Joe Mixon. I'm not sure that anybody believes that this game is indicative of the rest of the season, but maybe you can find some sorry sucker in your league that will take him off your hands. I would probably go for someone like Javante Williams. If you can get Javante Williams from Mark Ingram, I'm doing that in a heartbeat. Uh, another guy that I'm selling low, that I'm selling high on, my bad, is Josh Jacobs. The toe injury seems to be a pretty big thing for him, and it looks like a damn near 50-50 split with him and Kenyon Drake. Jacobs played on 52.3% of the snaps. Kenyon Drake played on 47.7. The two touchdowns saved his fantasy day. So uh, see if you can go give him to someone else. You don't have to deal with that headache. Uh, another guy, two, two guys I'm actually selling high on, Antonio Brown. I already talked about and Corey Davis. Like I said, I already kind of spoke about Brown. He does have a great rapport with Brady, but he's the clear wide receiver three in his offense. He'll still have his days, but he's not going to have days like that. Like, that's crazy. He absolutely went off against the Cowboys. And like I said, it is the Cowboys defense. If you can even call them that, uh, if you can even call them a defense, but uh, there are just some guys out there running around. Uh, as for Corey Davis, I actually really like Corey Davis. Uh, I feel like he gets the shit end of the stick. But, like, this type of production just isn't sustainable. Makai Becton is gone for a good little while. Jamison Crowder's returning to the lineup. And what people don't see, people think that Elijah Moore was just horrible last game. He wasn't great. He had one reception for negative three yards, but if you if you just look at the box score. But when you take a deeper look, Elijah Moore actually had a higher average depth of target than Corey Davis, despite only having one reception for negative three yards. Like, Zach Wilson was trying to get him the ball. I think he had a touchdown or, like, a long, a long catch called back. Like, Elijah Mitchell got a horrible rap in that game and things aren't going to be like that all the time so that's another guy with by lawn elijah mitchell after having negative fantasy points i feel like it shouldn't be that hard to get him off the owner's hand so go ahead and get elijah mitchell for your bench right now and uh yeah it's also highly unlikely that Corey davis continues to produce like this while having a rookie qb under center um, i forgot the exact stat and i swear i read it and i just couldn't find it again it was from uh kyle borgioni from the fantasy footballers he wrote it it was like 
um, very few, only like five receivers in the last however many years finished as wide receiver ones with a rookie QB under center. It was like Reggie Wayne with Andrew Luck, um, Keenan Allen last year with Justin Herbert. I can't think of the other ones. Um, I don't think Zach Wilson and Corey Davis are going to fall into that category. So if you can sell Corey Davis now, I would do that. Um, I think in a lot of people's leagues, you could probably, and a trade that was being discussed in my league is actually Corey Davis and Antonio Brown for Allen Robinson. I would do that in a heartbeat. The guy in my league that actually had Corey Davis and Antonio Brown was hesitant to do it, and I was telling him you're an absolute fucking idiot because you need, like, Allen Robinson is going to finish as a, wide, a top 12 wide receiver easy. And, like, would you have done this trade? Last week, when before Antonio Brown dropped 40 and Corey Davis had two touchdowns, would you have done that trade last week? 100%. Would you do that trade in three weeks? Probably 100%. Don't let the whole... Don't let you looking at their fantasy points in one week and then comparing them to Allen Robinson stop you from getting a steal of a deal. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of my buy low, sell high for this week. We're going to come back with some more of those next week. I do want to get into some week two early waivers, though. And so what early waivers are are basically guys you can pick up now before a game start that could be the top waiver priorities come next week. When Like in my league, the guy that also, shout out Daniel, the guy who had uh, Corey Davis and Antonio Brown, uh, he actually picked up, Eli- he picked up every 49ers running back. He picked up Elijah Mitchell. He already had drafted Trace Herman, but he picked up Elijah Mitchell, uh, Jermichael Hasty, and I can't remember, someone else right before the game started. And then Raheem Mostert just so happened to go down, and Elijah Mitchell is the top waiver priority, and Daniel already had him on his team. Didn't have to spend a bit of fab on him. No one else could get him. Got him for free. So great move by Daniel. That's what we're going to try and do here. One of the primary things you always want to look at when it comes to early waivers is drum roll, please. The one, the only. People love to throw the word around. Handcuffs. So some guys that I looked at and uh, I want to kind of just talk, touch on a little bit. Uh, handcuffs, guys like Alex Collins. Chris Carson is injury prone. Rashad Penny is now out of the way. Yet again, Alex Collins is the RB2 in Seattle. So uh, he could be a guy to pick up on Sunday right before the game start just in case. And you're not you're not hoping for an injury for anyone. But just in case, you want to have those guys in your roster so you're ahead of the game. Another guy, Matt Breida. Depending on the whole Zach Moss situation, Devin Singletary also isn't the perfect picture of health. And clearly, I guess, is Matt Breida beat out Zach Moss? So Zach Moss might be the RB2 there in Buffalo. We'll see what happens. But he's a guy you could take a flyer on before uh, the the game started on Sunday. Larry Roundtree, also only rostered in 4.4% of leagues, at least ESPN leagues. Um, he proved to be the RB2 behind Austin Eckler, also not the perfect image of health. And uh, he could be a good guy to just stash on your bench to see what happens. Tony Pollard, uh, he's one of the more, uh, I don't want to say famous, but like one of the more noticeable handcuffs in fantasy football. But he's only rostered in 38.7% of ESPN leagues. So maybe he's out there in your league. Zeke is going to get a heavy workload. And he's not one to get injured very often. But, you know, just in case, Tony Pollard, he might have, he might be able to carve himself out a role regardless of whether or not Zeke is injured. He might have some standalone value. So Tony Pollard's a guy you could look at. Tony Jones Jr. on the Saints. He was one of my favorite handcuffs coming into this season. I didn't get to get him, though. 
Uh, but yeah, he's Alvin Kamara's backup. He's a good guy to have. Damian, he could also have standalone value. Uh, Damian Williams, guys like that. Those are some guys that you could pick up right now that are pr- almost definitely on your waiver wire, unless you're in a super deep league like me, and uh, could pay big dividends come next week. And you could be looking back at this time like, damn, everyone fiending for Alex Collins, fiending for Matt Breida, Larry Roundtree, Tony Pollard, Tony Jones, Damian Williams. Yeah, they're already on my roster. You feel me? So guys like that. Um, uh, some more guys, uh, like if, even if you just want to drop a, if you're holding two defenses to pick one of these guys up, you know, they could be the top waiver priority. So take advantage. Uh, another guy, Terrence Marshall Jr. And his, it took me a while to realize this, but he's on the Panthers, right? His name isn't Terrence. It's Terrace. Like there's no N. Like I don't know if anyone else didn't realize that, but it took me a while to realize his name was Terrace. So shout out to him. Uh, I love Terrace Marshall Jr. And I know a lot of people do, but I'm one of those people. Uh, he got 50% of the third down targets and end zone targets. They seem to really want to use him in the red zone. And believe it or not, even though Robbie Anderson had that 50 whatever yard touchdown, Terrace Marshall had a higher target share than Robbie Anderson. He had 18% of the targets compared to 9% for Robbie Anderson. So let's say like a very well, Terrence Marshall could have a big week this upcoming week. So if he's on your waiver wire, I would a hundred percent add him ASAP. Uh, Another guy who was big in waivers this week, but I feel like could also be pretty big next week. I picked him up myself. We've already talked about him. Mr. Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy is gone. And Tim Patrick finishes a top 40 guy last year without Cortland Sutton. And that was a much worse QB play. He's a borderline wide receiver three this week for me. And uh, he does have a good bit of upside. So if Tim Patrick is out there on your waiver wire, even if you don't play him this week, like I have, uh, at least pick him up, put him on your bench. And then to kind of finish things out, uh, uh, Cedric Wilson, KJ Osborne, and Nico Collins, right? So those guys are not very owned at all. Cedric Wilson, he's the wide receiver three for the Dallas Cowboys and an offense that should be humming that ball. <laughs> uh, now that Michael Gallup is down, uh, Jay, uh, not Jason Garrett, Mike McCarthy has already talked about getting Cedric Wilson involved. He was more of a gadget guy for them, but they're talking about he's going to step up. So if he's on your way for I would give him a look. KJ Osborne, he is a rookie. He is the wide receiver. He just lit the Bengals up for like seven receptions and seven something, 70 something yards. I think he had more targets than Justin Jefferson. Uh, he is the He's a rookie on the Minnesota Vikings um, and he's the wide receiver three for them. But with Irv Smith down, the Vikings were running a lot more uh, three wide receiver sets and KJ Osborne was out there quite a lot. He seems to have a chokehold on that wide receiver three spot and uh, he's worth a speculative ad. You know, if he has a big week this week, he'll be one of those guys that everyone's like, you got to add KJ. So you maybe if you have space, go for KJ Osborne. Uh, and then Nico Collins. Nico Collins is the wide receiver two on the Houston Texans. He is also a rookie. He's a big body. He is a big body. He's like 6'3", 6'4". He might be 6'5". He's something like that. And uh, he had a touchdown called back last week off offensive pass interference, which was bullshit. He should have had a touchdown last week. Uh, Brandon Cooks is not going to get all the targets. He's the wide receiver two. The Houston Texans are going to be th- not Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is the wide receiver one. Uh, Nico Collins is the wide receiver two. The Texans are going to be throwing the ball quite a lot. Tyrod is going to be humming that thing because they're going to be getting smoked. So Nico Collins is someone that you can uh, look to pick up as well. And uh, yeah, those are kind of a couple of week two early waivers. I can't wait. We're going to go on next week's episode. We're going to go back and kind of review all these guys that I talked about and see if any of them actually hit. Uh, And if they do, you can uh, go ahead and thank me. You feel me? 
And so before we get on up out of here, I just want to talk about a few bounce back candidates that I think are going to have a big week. Number one, I'm going to give you a, a basically a whole lineup. I'm not going to do defense and kicker, but I'm going to do one at every, well, one, two at every position, basically. Um, QB, Mr. A.A. Ron, the MVP, the R.E.L.A.X. man himself, relax, Aaron Rodgers is going up against the Detroit Lions defense on Monday night after have just being embarrassed by Jameis Winston and the New Orleans Saints. Uh, PFF gives Aaron Rodgers a 10 out of 10 for this matchup. Um, they basically start all your Packers. Like, I could put every single Packer, like, underperformed last week. This entire roster could honestly just be Green Bay Packers. But, like I said, Aaron Rodgers, PFF gives him a 10 out of 10 for this matchup. You remember how he got pulled in the fourth last week because they were getting blown out? He honestly could get pulled in the fourth again this week because they are doing the exact opposite to uh, the Detroit Lions. So, uh, Aaron Rodgers should be in all lineups. I think he's going to be a huge bounce-back candidate for this week. And uh, that moves us on to a running back. Uh, Mr. My namesake, my my lord, Mr. Najee Harris. Uh, everyone knows he played 100% of the Steelers running back snaps in week one, which no other running back did. And uh, he now gets the Raiders, which should be an easier matchup than the Bills. They did just give up 7.2 yards per carry to rookie Tyson Williams. So maybe a bit of that rookie magic can rub, rub off on Najee. Um, and so, yeah, I'm starting Najee Harris in all my leagues. I think he's going to be in for a big game. Like I said, uh, you could use all the Packers in this, but I'm going to use another one. Not Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Jones at running back. Like I said, it's the Lions. Start him, please. The A.J. Dillon role is overhyped. Aaron Jones played 74% of snaps through the first three quarters. He handled 63% of the rushing attempts, 57% of the routes, 12% of the target share, 18% of targets per route run, and 15% of long down and distant work. Like, not 15, but 50. Like, he is the RB1 there. It's not even close. The Packers know that. Aaron Jones knows that. Aaron Rodgers knows that. A.J. Dillon knows that. And you should know it, too. Start Aaron Jones. Uh, when it comes to wide receiver, we have Allen Robinson against the Bengals. PFF gives him the third best matchup advantage of all wide receivers in the league this week behind just Devontae and DeAndre Hopkins. Keep in mind, the Bengals were just torched by Adam Thielen for 92 yards and two touchdowns. Rookie KJ Osborne, who we talked about earlier, he had 76 yards on seven receptions. And uh, Justin Jefferson had five for 71 and what should have been a TD. So Robinson is going to smash this week. I also wouldn't be surprised if Darnell Mooney cooked the, the Bengals. So uh, start both of them. Uh, another wide receiver, uh, Mr. Julio Jones. Remember how Allen Robinson, I just said, had the third best matchup advantage? Well, you know, Julio has the fourth. Let's not forget that this man is a literal monster, both on the field, just in pure stature. He's a monster, one of the best wide receivers in the league for the last decade, and now somehow he's being treated as a wide receiver too by opposing defenses. Uh, Seattle secondary has been sketchy for years, and uh, I'm a Seahawks fan, so I can tell you that firsthand. It's been sketchy for years, and they're coming up giving up a two TD performance to Zach Pascal. Ironically enough, he is indeed the Colts wide receiver too. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. And Julio always cooks the Seahawks. I would not be surprised to see Julio finish as a top 10 wide receiver this week at all. And then at tight end, um, I kind of got tight end and the name of the tight end switched up. Uh, it's kind of a chalk pick, but Mr. George Kittle, uh, after a tight end finish in week one, Kittle is back to reclaim his spot amongst the fantasy tight end elite. You feel me? The Eagles did just lock in on Kyle Pitts, but that was the Falcons. So let's take things with a grain of salt there. According to PFF, Kittle has an 80.3 offensive grade last week compared to the linebacker that will be tasked with guarding him. Uh, Eric Wilson, he had a 44.7 defensive grade, damn near double 
Kittle damn near doubles that. So I'm starting George Kittle. I think everyone's starting George Kittle. I'm just saying I think he's going to smash this week. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed a little solo episode, a little common thing. It's like 35, 40 minutes, something light, something light, you feel me? Like I said, next week, we're going to have Justice on the pod. I'm going to start inviting fantasy guests, some of your favorite fantasy guests onto the pod. And uh, so it should be fun. I hope you guys win your fantasy weeks. I hope I win my damn fantasy week. God damn. And uh, yeah, make sure you guys leave a five-star rating and review on the pod. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, download it on Spotify, share it with your family and friends. You can find me on Twitter at Najee and underscore you can find the pod on twitter at run it up pod the songs of the week are in the description and uh, i'll catch y'all next week make sure you have a litty day a litty night a litty life and just like we do on every single episode of this podcast make sure y'all go run it up Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Run It Up Podcast. If you want to keep up and see what Najee is up to, follow him on Twitter at NajeeAdams underscore. Hit him with some questions or topics that you want to hear in the next episode of the Run It Up Podcast. You know what I love about game day? Great food, snacks, and hanging out with my family and friends. Got a big game day celebration coming up? Stop by Publix from January 29th through February 11th to do all your shopping. And you can pick up an extra savings flyer from the Publix Information Center at store entrances or at customer service. You'll get savings on all your favorite brands. So no matter the outcome of the game, you'll be winning with the perfect game day goodies. Stop by your local Publix today and don't forget to grab an extra savings flyer to make game day great.